Chapter Three of Beautiful Birds. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Beautiful Birds by Edmund Seleuce. The Great Bird of Paradise. The Great Bird of Paradise lives in the middle of the great island called New Guinea and all over some quite little islands close to it which are called the aru islands he is the largest of the birds of paradise and perhaps he is the most beautiful but it is not so easy to be sure about that however we shall see what you think of him his body and wings and tail are brown what only brown you cry that is like a sparrow ah but wait it is not quite like a sparrow it is a beautiful rich coffee brown and on the breast it deepens into a most lovely dark purple violet brown there that is different to being just brown like a sparrow is it not then the head and neck are yellow not a common yellow but a very pretty light delicate yellow like straw sometimes ladies have hair of that colour and when they have then people look at them and say what beautiful hair which is just what they themselves say sometimes when they look in the glass these feathers are very short and set closely together which makes them look like plush or velvet so you can think how handsome they must be what would you think if you were to go out for a walk and see a bird flying about with a yellow plush or yellow velvet head but the throat is handsomer still that is a glorious gleaming metallic green some feathers are called metallic because when the light shines on them they flash it back again just as a bright piece of metal does a helmet or a breastplate for instance you know how they flash and gleam in the sunshine when the horse guards ride by at least if you have seen the horse guards you do and if you have not well i dare say you have seen it in a dish cover or a bright cold scuttle but fancy feathers as soft as velvet gleaming as if they were polished metal but gleaming all emerald green as if they were jewels emeralds too then on the forehead and chin of this bird by which i mean just under the beak there are glossy velvet plumes of a deeper green colour the other is emerald these are like the deep lovely greens that one sees sometimes in the fiery opal of the mother of pearl what jewellery and out of it all flash two other jewels the bird's two eyes which are a beautiful bright yellow colour to match with the yellow plush of its head then this bird has a pale blue beak and pale pink legs and i am sure if he thinks himself very handsome you can hardly call him conceited for he would be handsome only with this that i have told you about that would be quite enough to make him a beautiful bird without anything else but has he anything else any other kind of beauty besides what i have told you about listen the emerald throat and the yellow velvet plush head and the blue beak and the pink legs are as nothing nothing whatever compared to the glorious plumes which this bird of paradise has on each side of his body 
oh you never saw such plumes and you cannot think how lovely they are there are two of them one on each side and each one is made up of a number of very long soft delicate silky feathers which are of an orange gold or golden orange colour and so bright and glossy that they shine in the sun like floss silk just where they spring from the body each one of them has a stripe of deep crimson red and towards the top they soften into a pretty pale mauvey brown even one feather like that on each side would be beautiful or one all by itself in the middle but fancy a plume of them on each side a thick plume too though each feather is so slender and delicate there are so many of them they look lovely enough when they stream out behind as the bird flies for they are twice as long as its whole body so of course the two plumes come together and make one lovely large one that lies as softly on the air as the feather of a swan does on the water the body then is almost covered up in all these soft feathers so that it is just like looking at a flying plume with wings and head to it yes they look lovely enough then these glorious plumes but sometimes they look lovelier still and that is when the great bird of paradise raises them both up above its back so that they shoot into the air like two golden feather fountains that mingle together and bend over and fall in spray all around only it is a spray of feathers not a real spray and instead of falling they only wave and dance such a glorious plumy cascade the bird himself is almost hidden in his own shower bath but the emerald throat and the yellow plush head look out of it and gleam like jewels as he peeps and peers about from side to side to see if anyone is looking at him for of course the great bird of paradise does not make himself so very beautiful just for nothing when he shoots up his feather fountains and sits in a soft silky shower bath he does it to be looked at and the person he wants to look at him most is the hen great bird of paradise for do you know and can you believe it the poor hen great bird of paradise is not beautiful she has no wonderful plumes she has no plumes at all and out of all those splendid colours i have told you about orangey gold and emerald green and all the rest of them she has only one which is the coffee brown now of course a nice rich coffee brown is a very good colour but still by itself is not enough to make a bird one of the most beautiful birds in the world so when a bird is only coffee-brown then compared to a bird who has all those other colours and the most wonderful plumes as well it is quite a plain bird so a poor hen great bird of paradise is quite a plain bird compared to her handsome husband with his emerald throat and yellow plush head and his wonderful orangey-gold plumes but then if the poor hen-bird has no glorious plumes of her own 
she is always looking at them always having them spread out on purpose for her to look at and that must be very pleasant indeed when the male great birds of paradise wish to show their poor plain hens how handsome they are just to comfort them and make them not mind being plain themselves they come to a particular kind of tree in the forest a tree that has a great many wide-spreading branches at the top with none so very many leaves upon them so that it is easy for them to be seen by the hens who are sitting in their trees near all ready to watch them and they raise up their wings above their backs stretch out their emerald necks bow their yellow heads politely to each other and shoot up their golden feather fountains making each of the long plumy tufts tremble and vibrate and quiver as they droop all over them and almost cover them up the plumes begin from under the wings that is why they lift their wings up first so that they can shoot straight up and so that the hen birds may see the little stripes of red which i told you about and which look like little crimson clouds floating in a little golden sunset how beautiful they must look perhaps there may be a dozen great birds of paradise all bowing their heads and quivering their plumes on a dozen branches of the tree whilst a dozen more will be flying about from one branch to another so that the tree and the air are full of beauty the air never had anything to float upon her softer or lovelier than those golden floating plumes and no tree ever bore blossoms quite so beautiful as those wonderful golden paradise flowers and both the air and the trees are happy both of them whisper oh thank you thank you birds of paradise of course the birds of paradise are happy too they are happy to have such beauty and to be able to show it to the hens who sit hidden in the trees and bushes around and they perhaps the hens for whom it is all done are happiest of all then it is all happiness and beauty beauty and happiness those are the two things it is made up of there are not so many things that are made up of just those two try and think of some a party perhaps you may say only it must be a juvenile one or a pantomime well of course there is an enormous amount of beauty and happiness at things of that kind but is it all beauty and happiness not quite all i think still i am sure you would think it a very unkind thing if somebody were to break up a party before it were over or just to stop a pantomime before the last act had been performed you would think that cruel i am sure and now if you were looking at those beautiful happy birds of paradise at their party or pantomime i think it is as pretty as a transformation scene and all at once when they were just in the middle of it first one and then another of them were to fall down dead to the ground till at last half of them lay there underneath the tree and the rest had flown away would you not think that a most cruel and dreadful thing where would be the beauty and the happiness now it would all be gone joy would have been changed into sorrow and beauty almost into ugliness for a dead bird is 
almost ugly compared to a beautiful living one and life without having been changed into death yes such life the life of happy lovely birds of birds of paradise and i think if you were there and saw that happen saw those beautiful birds fall down dead murdered all of a sudden you would be very sorry and angry too and you would say that only a demon could have done so wicked a thing you would be right if you were to say so it could only be a demon that same little demon that i told you about who sang a charm to send the goddess of pity to sleep and then froze the hearts of the women with his bad wicked powder that wretched little demon who wears the magic suit of clothes which makes him seem all that he ought to be is always killing the poor birds of paradise just when they are feeling so happy and looking so beautiful he does not do it himself any more than the women for as he could not be in more than one place at a time he would not be able to kill a sufficient number to satisfy him and besides he has a great many other things of the same kind but more important to do so he makes his servants do it that has always been his plan he has servants all over the world and you must not think that they are as bad as himself for that is not the case at all they are not bad but enchanted so that they do all sorts of bad things without having any idea that they are bad in fact they generally think that they are the finest things in the world the demon has all sorts of little bottles with different kinds of powder in them one for every kind of servant that he wants in his little private workshop they all stand in rows upon a shelf and every one has a different label on it so that he knows which to take up in a minute one is labelled glory and has a powder in it of all sorts of different colours scarlet blue green white and a little of it a dirty yellow the man on whom the grain of this powder falls will always be wanting to kill people and the more he kills the better man he will think himself and so too will other people think him you may imagine what a lot of work the demon can get out of a servant like that another one is labelled justice and whoever the powder in that falls on will go through life always saying that he doesn't believe and trying to make other people believe it others are labelled patriotism duty culture refinement taste sensibility and so on all which words your mother will explain to you the demon chooses them according to the kind of things he wants done and all on whom any of the powders inside the bottles will fall become his servants in different ways very grand ways too they are often thought and go on serving him and thinking well of themselves and being held always in great honour and respect all their lives now you must not of course think that these bottles really contain the things that are written on their labels no indeed they are false labels for you see these bottles stand in the window where people can see them 
the demon does not keep them in his pocket like those other two i told you of so when people see them they think that they have good powders instead of bad ones inside them and when the stoppers are taken out the powders fly into their eyes and they are blinded and never know the difference almost every one is blinded for the demon just stands at the window of his workshop and blows his powders through the world it is not necessary for him to walk up and down in it sprinkling them about that would be a long tedious way of doing things he just blows them and he need never be afraid of blowing too much away for his little bottles are magic bottles and always full outside his window there is always a great crowd looking at the bottles and admiring them whilst the demon stands there in his magic suit of clothes and seems to everyone to be just what he ought to be they say that somewhere else in the world there is a very beautiful house with a radiant angel inside it and that there in vases of crystal and diamond or something like crystal and diamond but very much more beautiful are the real things which the demon only pretends to have in his ugly little bottles anyone has only to step in and ask for them and the angel will open the vase and shed the essence that is inside it into his very heart but is it not funny hardly anybody ever goes into that house and the few who do cannot persuade others to follow them i will tell you why this is the beautiful house does not look like a beautiful house at all to most people and the angel of light who sits in the open doorway seems to them to be only a shabbily dressed unfashionable sort of person nobody sees his wings or if they do they think wings are vulgar and out of date it is the demon who is to blame for this he has had time to blow his magic powders all about the world and they have blinded people's eyes and made what is really beautiful seem mean and ugly to them for the demon's powders can blind the eyes as well as freeze the heart but the little workshop of the demon which is really as mean and wretched a place as you could find that people think glorious and beautiful and his ugly bottles are to them as vases of crystal and diamond so they crowd about the demon's workshop thinking it to be the angel's house and into the angel's house they never go for they think a demon or at least an unfashionably dressed person with wings which are out of date lives there now it is one of those bottles with the false labels which the demon takes when he wants one of his servants in that part of the world to kill the great bird of paradise for i don't think the men in those countries would much mind what the women said to them i cannot tell you which bottle it is but it is none of those that i have told you about the label upon it is not nearly such a grand one and the powder is of a much coarser grain for the man that the demon is going to blow it at is only a poor savage who is black and nearly naked and who is not able to serve him in such important ways as are people of a lighter colour and less scantily dressed 
he is only fit to do little odd jobs now and again and his wages are very low in consequence even what he gets he is often not allowed to keep for the demon's upper servants take them away from him and he is not strong enough to resist one of his odd jobs is killing the poor great birds of paradise and now i will tell you how he does it only you must not be angry with him or even with the other people whose servant he thinks he is though they are all of them really the servants of one master that wretched little demon in the magic suit of clothes which makes him seem nice to everybody although he is so nasty it is he you must be angry with for it is he who does all the mischief in the way i have told you he gets people into his power but if you do as i tell you perhaps you will be able to save them from him and to save the poor beautiful birds of paradise as well as other beautiful birds from being killed and killed until they are all dead think what a lot of good you will have done then to have kept such beauty safe in the world when it might have been lost out of it for ever yes and you will have done more good than that even for you will have helped to wake up the goddess of pity and when once she is awake there will be so much for her to do for ah she has been asleep so long but now listen i have told you that the man who kills the great bird of paradise is black and naked and savage but he is not a negro although he is rather like one his hair is something like a negro's hair but there is much more of it in fact it is quite a mop and he is very proud of it he is a papuan and the islands that he lives in are called the papuan islands and are a very long way from africa which is where the negroes live he is a tall fine-looking man with a beautiful figure and he looks very much better naked than he would do if he were dressed and when i said that he was black this is not quite true because he is really brown but it is such a very dark brown that it looks black and when a man is such a very dark brown that he looks black then people will call him a black man so that is what we will call his papuan now this black man is very quick and active which is what most savages are and he can climb trees almost as well as a monkey when he finds one of those trees where the great birds of paradise have their parties their succulales that is what he calls them it is a word that means a dancing party he climbs up into it early in the morning before it is daylight and waits for them to come it does not matter how tall the tree is and this kind of tree is very tall or how dark it may be this naked pabuan savage climbs up it quite easily and without slipping just like a monkey he takes up with him some leafy branches of another tree and with these he makes a little screen to sit under so that the birds of paradise shall not see him besides this he takes his bow and arrows to shoot the poor birds with for he does not use a gun which would make too much noise and besides the shot would hurt the beautiful plumage the arrows do not hurt the plumage as the shot would because at the end of each one there is a piece of wood shaped something like an acorn but as large as a teacup 
and the large end of it makes what would be the point of an ordinary arrow when the poor birds are hit with that great smooth piece of wood they are killed because it hits them so hard but their plumage is not hurt at all for nothing has gone into the skin or torn the feathers so the naked black man waits behind his screen for the great birds of paradise to come and as soon as they come and begin to spread their plumes he shoots first one then another of them with his great wooden arrows and they fall down dead underneath the tree and do you know they are so occupied in showing off their beautiful plumes and so happy and excited as they spread them out and look through them or fly like little feathery cascades from branch to branch that is not until quite a number of them have been killed for the black savage does not often miss his aim that the others take fright and fly away then the black man climbs down from the tree and picks up the poor beautiful dead birds and takes them to another man who is yellow and not quite so naked as he is who gives him something for them but not so much as he ought to the yellow man cheats the black man and when he has cheated him he takes the skins to a white man who is quite dressed and civilized and sells them to him and the white man cheats him a good deal more than he has cheated the black man for of course the white man is the cleverest of the three you see there are yellow men in those countries called malays as well as black men and a good many white men go there as well then the white man puts all the beautiful skins that he has bought from the yellow man as well as a great many others which have been brought to him from all the country and from all the islands round about into one of those large kinds of boxes called crates which i have told you about and it is put on board a ship where there are a great many others of the same kind all full of the skins and feathers of beautiful birds that have been killed and the ship sails to england and then up the thames to london where the crates are taken out and put into great vans and driven away to the great ugly warehouses to be unpacked and laid on the floor there in a heap all as i have told you you know what happens to them then and now i will tell you something funny that i dare say you would never have thought of but which is quite true all the same that the great heap of brightly coloured feathers lying on the floor to make which hundreds of thousands of the most beautiful birds in the world have been killed and hundreds of hundreds of thousands of their young ones that would have grown up beautiful too have been starved to death in the nest that great big heap of the loveliest plumage is not so lovely not nearly so beautiful as one living thrush or one living blackbird or one living swallow or one living robin redbreast that is the difference between life and death a live bird of paradise is hundreds of times more beautiful than a live blackbird or thrush or swallow or robin redbreast but when it is dead it is not so beautiful as they are its feathers are more beautiful still of course but where are the waving feathers the floating plumes the bright eyes the quick graceful movements and the flight the glorious flight 
of a bird they are gone they are gone forever and in their place there is only stiffness and deadness and dustiness oh never never wish to see a dead bird of paradise in a hat when you can see a living thrush or blackbird on the lawn of your garden or a living swallow flying over it and even if you can never see a living bird of paradise as i dare say you never will be able to what then what then you cannot see everything but have you not got an imagination your mother who has got one will tell you what it is and is it not better to imagine a beautiful bird flying about in life and loveliness than to see it dead and the people who have these hats with the birds of paradise or with other beautiful birds sewn into them how much do you think they really care about them do they ever look at them after they have once bought them oh no they never do sometimes they look in the glass with the hat on yes but then it is only to see themselves in the hat not the hat so now you know what kind of birds the birds of paradise are and how very beautiful they are and you know how gloriously beautiful the great bird of paradise is and how it is killed and not allowed to live and be happy just because it is so beautiful but now these great birds of paradise live only in some quite small islands and just in one part of one large one and although there may be a good many of them where they do live yet if they are always being killed in that way very soon there will be no more of them left then there will be no more great birds of paradise in the world for they do not live outside those islands and when they are once gone they can never never come again but do you not think that it would be a dreadful thing if such a bird as this this beautiful great bird of paradise that i have told you about were to be killed and killed until it was not in the world any more of course you would think it would be a dreadful thing and i am sure that you would prevent it if you could and you can prevent it now yes now and in the easiest way possible all you have to do only you must do it directly is to put your arms around your mother's neck and make her promise never never to wear a hat with the feathers of a great bird of paradise in it of course she will promise if you ask her in that way and keep on and when she once has promised you must not let her forget it you must remind her of it from time to time remember mother you promised and especially when you hear her talking about getting a new hat and when you have made her promise about herself then you must make her promise never to let you wear a hat of the sort of course when you are grown up and buy your own hats you never will or your sisters either and if you have a sister very much older than yourself who buys her own hats then you can make her promise too perhaps that will be less easy but she will do it in time if you tease her enough about it and want her to read the book and then if you can get any other lady to promise well the more who do the better chance there will be for the beautiful great bird of paradise only you must make your mother promise first that is the chief thing and to do it 
you must tell her about the wicked little demon with his powders and his charm to send the goddess of pity to sleep so now go to your mother at once do not wait or if your mother is out anywhere you must only wait till she comes home again End of chapter 3